kicking off season two. We'll call it season two of Due Diligence. And uh, we have what's called a Republican Ooh. with us today. <laughs> Dustin Russell, my neighbor. Uh, and uh, Dustin, um, you're a rare breed here in Cleveland Heights, right? So oh, what, yeah. um, in general, what... Um, what do you think of being a what's it like to be a Republican in Cleveland? <laughs> right, it's uh, about like being a Republican where I grew up. Exactly. Uh, you just you know, but you don't focus a lot on it because I have good neighbors, and I'll include you in that uh, category. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I have good neighbors. Uh, you know, everyone is nice, and uh, you know, it's not something that we dwell on. But you know, you do have a political identity. You want to be engaged uh, civically, and um, you know. It's a different way of thinking. I mean, I'm clearly one of the, uh, I think it's safe to say, 13 to 15% specifically in this ward. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I don't let it get in my way. It's not th something I think about when I wake up in the morning, like, how oh, I'm a Republican, how do I walk in the neighborhood? <laughs> um, speaking of 13 to 15%, it's about where you ended up against Janine Boyd. Yeah. You were on the, you were on the ballot against yeah. Janine Boyd in 2020. Uh, I'm sure you saw that as a, an uphill battle uh, for you to, uh, to to win that fight. But did you do you go into something like that thinking that you have a chance, or what's your thought process going into that race? Well, th to me, the number one thing is to make sure that people have a choice. You know, this is a democracy. It's all about choice. It's about, you know, competing ideas. Obviously, you know, you're realistic as to what you can accomplish in an area like this. But th th that's not a slight on the area or the voters. It is what it is. Uh, I think I ran actually a ahead of Mike DeWine. Uh, in this area or pretty close to it. So, you know, you find little victories where you can. <laughs> and I didn't spend any money. So I, do, I raised some money, but I didn't spend anything. So what's the, what, what is your long-term goal to be in this region? Like what's your, do you have any hopes moving forward for being active in the political process? I'm active now. Uh, I'm a member, elected member of the Cuyahoga County Republican Party Central Committee for uh, Ward 1E which is our street is the, the line. Mm -hmm. So I think you're in F or whatever, and I'm in that cross streets E, and I go down to um, Belfield, okay. North Park, Cedar, that uh, precinct. So, you know, to a degree, I am uh, I'm involved uh, with, with the party, but to the extent of, you know, do I ever envision myself uh, running for school board, which is a popular topic right now. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, a city council or mayor or something. I mean, I have three kids and they're young yeah. and family comes first. Mm -hmm. Um, any any other takeaways from running against Janine? Like, I just think that that's like. Do you feel like you even got your voice out there? Like, do you feel or do you like what? What are your any other takeaways from that experience? How I mean, how do you get your voice out there at a race that low on the ballot in a presidential year, right. and then add the COVID situation? Mm -hmm. I mean, I you know I'll be candid with you and in, in the listening audience. I was disappointed in the League of Women Voters. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought we had it worked out to where we could at least have a conversation. And um, I'm not exactly sure what happened, why that fell through, but unfortunately, the voters of this House district was denied an opportunity to hear uh, competing and contrasting ideas. And now we are uh, um, we're looking at uh, Chantel Brown uh, yeah. versus uh, um, Laverne Gore, right? Yes. Uh, any uh, and is, I guess Laverne is sort of in your spot there, right? Like, how is Laverne supposed to connect with people? Yeah, well, I mean, she has a tall task ahead of her as well. But the important thing is there is a choice on the ballot. And I found the uh, Democrat primary to be fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, I think, uh, I mean, just tell me what you think about what I'm about to tell you. I think the core base of the local Democrat Party is fairly progressive, 
fairly liberal. And that was uh, shown in the fact that I believe Nina Turner won the city. Yeah, I think it was the only suburb, if I remember correctly, Cleveland Heights was the only suburb that Nina won. And those are, of course, registered Democrats. Right. And then here in um, Cleveland Heights, we have uh, about 19,000 people who are registered as independent, mm. six, 16 to 19, somewhere in there. Maybe it's closer to 16, 13,000 Democrats. And of course, the Republicans is a very small number. Mm -hmm. uh, we could have our meetings on a phone booth. <laughs> but uh, um, I think when you add that in there, I'm not sure how, I think Chantel Brown is more reflective of what a full, because I believe there are some independents that identify as Democrats, but just are not registered that way. Right. So, I, you know, that is a fascinating dynamic how that played out. And I think it's a, it shows a strength of, uh, you know, party organization and, you know, establishment-oriented uh, uh, establishment politics. Did you like watching the, uh, the Democrats eat their own uh, in that race? <laughs> was, that, was there any satisfaction there? As, uh, it got pretty nasty with, uh, with Nina and Chantal. Yeah, and that's too bad. I mean, I, I have met both. I think they're very nice people. Um, I think, you know, in terms of the district, they both would have done a good job. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, anytime you're not in the middle of the crosshair, that's that's okay. We'll get, we'll get to school board in a little bit, but I think it's a good time right now to reset the uh, mayor's race here in Cleveland Heights and the, and the council races. Uh, this is one of the most monumental local elections in Cleveland Heights history, maybe the most monumental. We've got an incredible array of things to... Um, to make up your minds, make up our minds about, right? Uh, and some pretty stark choices too. It's not like even in, you know, uh, I think Barbara and uh, Danforth and Khalil Saren are both Democrats, but I think a lot of people would say they're pretty different. And then when you look at that spectrum, right? Um, is this one of those races where, okay, you have two Democrats to choose from, where do you come down and who do you support? Well, you know, again, for someone like me, it's pretty cool that this is a nonpartisan race, you know, at the end of the day. Um, I, you know, and I think that's good for the city. You know, I, I grew up in a town uh, where we had partisanship uh, labels, and it was, it, frankly, it's ridiculous. There's no Republican or Democrat way at this level to provide a city service. I mean, it, it's government, grassroots, people, power, action. And, you know, I look at politics not on a, a, a plane. Mm -hmm. I look at it as a circle. And from time to time, various interests on the right or left will come together on something. And I think local government is one of the last bastions where we can do that because I think as you know and other people that are listening know you know the stuff in Washington's a train wreck and uh, unfortunately it's seeping into the state on both sides um, and I don't want to sound like someone who's trying to play both sides of the fence I'm a conservative Republican mm -hmm. but I get uh, but I want government to work mm -hmm. and I think I think the people own this government and um, we're in charge and the elected representatives are there um, to represent us mm -hmm. and be responsive. So here locally, um, yeah, I mean they're they're Democrats. That's fine, but, but I'm cool with that. But that's you not made the some choices, right? Like you're going right. to support some Democrats. Yeah. Well, I'm going to support people that I believe right. are going to do the best job for. <laughs> I mean, if we had if we had uh, if we had partisan labels, it would be a different scenario, perhaps, right. because of the role that I play within the Cuyahoga County Republican Party, but. Even with that said, we're not endorsing anyone in this race. So You're not. no, okay. um, as far as I know. Okay. Um, but I support Barbara Danforth. Okay. I got signed in my yard. Yeah. Um, Why Barbara? 
Well, I take a look at the two. Well, at the time, it was three options, mm-hmm. and I, I'm, and I, and to give her credit, she called me up, mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get support here. I hear that you're interested. What do you think?" She's got a broad coalition. Broad sure. coalition, mm-hmm. and I like her background. Mm-hmm. I think. So you mentioned, and I'm at the tail end of this. All right, there's. Uh, we might get hit with some acorns. Are, it, just maybe someone, you. the neighbor, found out I'm a Republican. <laughs> They're starting and, to throw And I'm over here. Them. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the the. Uh, this is a historic uh, time. I'm at the tail end of this. I don't have the background in this community as you or other people do. I supported the mayor um, switch yeah, over to did. the government, and uh, and um, I think when you do that, and especially when. It's the first one. Mm-hmm. I think we need a, a steady hand that's outside mm-hmm. of the political um, establishment per se, or at mm-hmm. least the you know elected establishment right now, who has a steady hand who can, you know, play a role to to set things up. Um, and and I think she's the better candidate uh, when you stack up background and you know temperament and um, you know the ability to set us on the right track. And. Uh, I think you and I at least share one yard sign. We're both uh, uh, supporters of uh, Tony Cuda. Yeah. Um, I've told uh, I, the Heights Observer I'm, I am not taking a position when it comes to uh, the mayor's race. I've said that was I was very clear uh, on that, and I've been trying to wear my journalist hat for that. But when <laughs> it comes to the other races, uh, you know, I've I've not been holding back on on the folks I support. And so it's just funny that we talk about those aligning points. You and I align right there. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, and then we. And really Tony's strangely, a good, Tony's a good guy. From yeah, my, you know, and so been, yeah. So what do you like? What what did you see in Tony that you liked? Well, I wanted to do something positive with the um, change in government several years ago, and someone put me in contact with him, and he was very generous with his time. When he says on his campaign literature that he returns calls and returns texts and talks to people, I'm here to tell you, that's accurate. He took time to work, walk me through this, to introduce me to people, to welcome me into this community civically without a concern of partisan persuasion. Um, and then we diverge. Right. <laughs> Maybe. Somehow, you have a Gary Cantor sign in your yard. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and tell me that he is the self-proclaimed most progressive candidate in the field running for Mary Dunbar's seat. Uh, and our thoughts are with Mary Dunbar. For those of you that don't know, Mary Dunbar um, had to step down uh, a few months ago uh, because of Parkinson's, and she um, served this city uh, for many, many years, and so uh, we were able to get this um, this seat on the ballot, so we didn't have to wait another year to get it filled, right? Mm-hmm. So we actually are going to get this. It's on the ballot. So you have seven people running for um, Mary Dunbar's seat. We have um, Josie Moore, who was one of the mayoral candidates, who is now um, not running for mayor, but she decided she wasn't ready for that, but she's doing... Um, She's running for Mary's seat. Eric Silverman, um, Rob Kuntz, uh, Aaron Johnson, Ellen Roth, and Gary Cantor. So it's a lot of people now. It's funny because then for that other seat, uh, for the other, there's three other seats open. There's only six candidates for three seats. We have seven candidates for one seat. So the ballot's going to be a little bit confusing. Late arrivals, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. So, um, but that that one seat, that Mary's seat, um, you don't. Well, there's one Republican. Uh, or conservative, who's who's, I think it was an admitted conservative, is Rob Koontz. But like, um, you're supporting Gary Cantor for that seat. Well, it's good. It gets back to what I said earlier. I look at political alignment not as a plane, mm-hmm. flat plane, but as a circle. And yeah, I mean, I've had exchanges with Gary. He's very progressive. There's no doubt about it. He's committed, and mm-hmm. he has. You know, that's great. 
but he's also, uh, I respect where he comes from on, uh, you know, transparency, uh, government accountability in terms of expenditures. Uh, he seems very, uh, I guess, populist in that regard. And I can get that way too. Mm -hmm. I, 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 you know, we've had conversations in your backyard and mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I believe that the people at the end of the day, you know, have the say we're, we're in, you know, and I yeah. appreciate where he's coming from. I mean, I may not be lockstep, but you know, again, I, it's, you sure it's, Cleveland Heights isn't just twisting you up a little bit. It like, could, <laughs> it could, you know, maybe by, you know, when the mortgage is out, I'll be, you know, a registered Democrat. I don't know. I doubt it, but, but we were talking about that before we started rolling about the crazy mix of signs, right? right? In yeah. Cleveland Heights right now, like you're seeing, um, just a really unusual mix of it's signs, kind of, right? Comical, like, yeah. and, and you were talking about how you think it's less, maybe less important now, the um, uh, political affiliation and people are more voting with um, people that they connect with just on an on a individual basis? Yeah, it's things in common maybe than just partisan identification. I sense in the uh, younger generation specifically, you know, partisan ID isn't that big of a deal. Mm. I think it still is a factor in your political identity. I don't see how it can't be. But uh, some of the data I've seen suggests that uh, educational attainment, you know, controlled by um, income, tend now, especially in the age of Trump, uh, is playing more of a role in where you identify, where you fall. I'm not suggesting that it's more uh, powerful than partisan ID, but um, it's an indicator. Uh, yeah. So just to finish out the other uh, oh, count, yeah. the council race. Um, but I do want to get back to the yard signs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's comical. Well, this will this will help feed that yard sign conversation because okay. these are some of the other names that you're seeing in the mix, right? Yeah. So um, we have incumbents, um, Davida Russell, Craig Cobb, uh, and then we're going to have some new face. We're going to at least one new face coming in because um, Mike Unger and Jason Stein are not running for re-election. So are we voting for four? I think we're voting for four. We're voting for four. I'm sorry about that. We are voting for four um, because um, Stein and Unger five are not total. So think about that of seven council races, five. It's going to be a lot of new faces. Yeah. Um, so Davida Russell, Craig Cobb, Anthony Maddox, Al Snodgrass, Lee Barbie. Um, one, two, three, four, five. Tony. And Tony. Tony Cuda. Yeah. So the six for the four seats. And so for full transparency, and my yard is Gary Canner in the special election, if this means anything. Um, uh, that and a buck and a quarter will get you a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. uh, so Tony mm -hmm. and Barbara. Um, I haven't given a lot of thought to the other candidates because uh, those are the most important ones mm -hmm. for me. And in full transparency, I have donated to all three of those campaigns. Um, but I do I, I appreciate where Davida Russell comes from on a lot of her uh, engagement with the youth and at-risk folks here in town. I think that it's admirable. So you know, I can see myself you know potentially voting for her. I think people, when they when they give Kasich, when Democrats give Kasich credit, it's for his um, understanding of social justice issues to some degree. Would you say that that's a fair thing to give him some credit for, for at least acknowledging some of the disparities and some of the the issues that need to be dealt with? In I don't terms know of if sentencing I, and, and and different things and how they're sentenced. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would call it social justice, but you know, one of the things we looked at is because uh, I think we're all social justice warriors if you care about government. I mean, I don't think that's. Uh, a term that is, uh, you know, in the backyard of any political party. I mean, I'm a conservative. I believe in social justice. I believe in equality. Sure. Um, I think, though, one of the cool things working for Governor Kasich that he did was concentrate on generational poverty issues. Mm -hmm. 
um, at-risk youth. There was a lot that he did there. Um, and, you know, per, you know, he did an incredible amount of uh, support for food banks, especially up here in Cleveland. The so, uh, what is it, uh, Cleveland Food Bank? Mm -hmm. That's a simple enough name. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there were some basic recognitions that perhaps uh, got drowned out or weren't as focused uh, by Rapunzel. And I'll tell you another thing. You mentioned my race with uh, Representative Boyd. I think she's a great person, to be honest with you. And her mother, uh, I dealt with when I worked in Columbus. Wonderful person. Um, one of the things that uh, I hope, hopefully they'll get credit for is what the uh, amount of effort that they put into kinship care. Uh, that dates back to what Barbara was working on when she was in the legislature. Uh, this is where, you know, uh, relatives are Take given care. a little extra who are taking care of their family. And uh, Janine, Representative Boyd, um, has picked that up. And I think that's great. So uh, you started talking about the youth, and, uh, and that brings us to school board. Right. Uh, which is also technically a nonpartisan race, <laughs> yeah. but is uh, Well, wholly... it seems like there's partisanship <laughs> entering into it. You know, uh, there has been some partisanship that's entered into it, and I think, uh, you know, I think there's some responsibility for that to, uh, to go around, uh, to be honest. Um, and uh, so here we are uh, with this school board race that um, uh, is an example of what's going on across the country in many respects. Um, I think it's maybe the gutsiest move. It's like one thing to go after seats in Rocky River and Chagrin Falls. It's something else to come after seats here in, in Cleveland Heights. Um, but it's happening, right? And uh, so with school board, I'm part of a group of parents that came together and formed a political action committee to try to uh, stop um, Molin, Mordecai Renner, and Charles Drake from taking over the school board. Um, they're running as a slate, and if they take all three seats, they take full control of the school board. And uh, I have three kids in the district. My kids will be fourth generation Heights grads. I just thought that was offensive, that they uh, thought that they should be in charge of my kids' education. Um, when they have no support of anyone that actually uses the schools. Yes, they have some support from people in the district. Yes, they have people, there's people here that want their lower taxes and there's issues of financial accountability that are perfectly valid. But controlling the school board is about controlling the actual educational policies of this district. Um, so have you been following the school board race? Do you think it's just uh, that, that um, they take over the control control of the school board. Like it's, I, I think people are mad about that we've made it um, partisan, but they're going for full control. They're not running for one seat. They're running for three. So I think, and it's personal for a lot of us that actually use the schools because they don't use the schools. I don't know what you think. Well, that's, that's preloaded, to be honest with you. That's a little bit more loaded. I load loaded it up. Yeah, sure. you did. You, you, you put it in there and that's fine. And that's what, something that People in our community, our neighborhood, are going to have to figure if that's the kind of thing they want in their school board elections. I don't. Flat out. I, I mean, I'm not going to reveal who I'm voting for because uh, on that particular race because uh, that's a touchy one. I'll just frankly honest, that's a touchy one. Um, there are some things that have been said that I don't 100% agree with. In I think there's seven people running. Yep. Seven I watched people the, for three spots. I watched the uh, candidates night. Which one? Uh, Greater uh, women, League of Women Voters the other day. Okay. I was actually listening to it in the car ride uh, to my in-laws. Uh, and so, I, I mean, I was kind of flabbergasted that uh, first question out of the gate, they asked about what you think about the mission, vision, and values of the school system, and one of the board members couldn't even say what the points were. 
Yes, she was the first one out of the gate. I think anybody would have. And don't them. ask me anybody because I don't choked. know. Either. Well, right, and I'm a diehard supporter, and I don't know the exact words. I think that Malia, Malia Lewis, um, just was unfortunately the first person to get that question. I think anybody on any of the seven would have choked on that. So, question. are you giving Rick Perry a pass now? Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, um, I mean, I don't want Rick Perry in charge of the Department of, of, edu- of, 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 energy. of energy. I don't think he did either. <laughs> just couldn't remember it. When it happens, I mean, I don't want to be unfair, but you know, there are things that are said that you have to consider. Sure. I'm a parent. I got three young ones. Um, I'm a member of this community. Sure. I'm a taxpayer of this community. Sure. I may not use the school system on a daily basis, but I'm an investor. I'm a trustee of the school system. Sure. And I take it seriously. And uh, so, you know, that's where I'm coming down on. The school board should be, for, you should actually care about educating kids. I think, I, I would say this, to be fair, all seven, from what I saw, care about the education of kids. Now, it's the degree of how you want to get there. Um, I think it's unfortunate that partisanship came into this debate. I think it's unfortunate that the mailer that came out, uh, styled in the way that it was styled by the political pack, came out. I find that that has a place in Washington or Columbus, uh, but not at the schoolhouse. Even if it's part of a a clearly a coordinated effort, like all these school board races. But is is that extracurricular coordination? I mean... Could you say? Could you not say the same thing about the other three that are? I mean, they have yard signs too with all their names on. No, them. I mean it's coordinated in terms of this effort to, to gain control of school boards across the country is a coordinated thing, um, on a grassroots level. But it's still coordinated by Americans for Prosperity, uh, their grassroots um, um, organizing organization. Like it's an effort. Uh, it's just they're being disruptive across the country is that, intentionally. Is that similar to the efforts to for many Democrat candidates to win attorney general races across the country in years past? Um, it's possible, but you're the one talking about local. Okay, like, we we're talking see. local. Well, like, this is if you want to keep it nonpartisan, like this is not the way to do it. Like to, to go and stage a mask anti-mask protest inside our library, you're making it partisan yourself. I don't know if masks are partisan. Unfortunately, they seem to have become that for various reasons, but um, let me just say this. I think it's important that all of us sit down and look at, as I am doing and as you are doing, um, what is important to the district. In my view, I think financial stability, um, effective operation of the school system, the base foundation level, roughly two thirds, if not a little more, of our funding comes from local. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of control over that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need to figure out how we're best spending that money and not perhaps depend so much on state funds to to fund vital services. And I am not- We can't, sorry to interrupt, we can't rely on state funds that much because they keep stripping our And I think that's- We're down to seven million uh, total that we're receiving from the state. Now overall, for everyone, you know, since 2011, state supported uh, funding for schools in Ohio has gone up. Not for us, everyone else. Then we have an issue that we can work together on. Yeah, we should be. Yeah, and so that's that's why- Like Mordecai Renard, if you listen to the whole thing the other day, uh, if you listen to the the League of Women Voters um, forum, he, one of our current board members talked about testifying in Columbus and she made a comment about it. And then Mordecai uh, Rennert said, uh, I don't know who told you that I was in Columbus, but they, you are mistaken. Yeah. Like he doesn't even know what's going on in this district. Well, I found, I, so there's two things there for me. One, I don't, 
I mean, to me, let's just be honest with you, who cares? I mean, if you want to go down to Columbus and testify, that's great. If you're kind of confused over what's happening in Columbus, you know, that's a consideration. Um, I, I would say to that, I, a, 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 members, a member of a Board of Education's ability to testify or not testify in Columbus is not that important. But you just me. said it's important to fight for funding. That's what they were doing. Well, I think there's other ways you can do it. That's not the only way. That's, that's, an, that's a way. I mean, I don't have a problem if that's what someone decides they want to do, but I don't think it's a knock. If Shouldn't it be an and thing? Like, everybody, everybody, in the, everybody on the pro-voucher side was testifying. Like, if we didn't show up, how are we going to get anything? Uh, it, it, that's a strategic issue, and that's where board members need to be working together. And when you insert partisanship into a board, you immediately divide the board from the get-go. So let's just say of the three seats that are up, we get one or two that are not on the incumbent list. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a division, and why should it go beyond that? Why not just say, hey, everyone, well, this is our board. We're going to take a step back and you know, figure out a way to best advocate for the kids in our district without making it a partisan thing. That's, I guess, where I'm coming from. So you're coming down more on the side that we made it partisan because they're running together. I, I think running together and a mailer that came out labeling people MAGA this or that, that's partisanship. It is political organization, which is the fundamental tenet of our democracy to organize. Unions do it. Political parties do it. Independent people can do it. So far as I know, on everyone involved, everything's transparent. I mean, there's signs. There's not like they, they say that like things like they claim that they support public education, but what they really support, from what I can tell, is public charters. And so that's a threat to the way we real. That's the core. It's a core value to what this district has stood for is local neighborhood schools with great teachers who are paid well. And the charter system, for its faults and its pos whatever its positives are, uh, is damaging the. The, the institution of teaching, like it's a miserable. To, there's no there's no uh, um, consistency to their staffs, and uh, and it's because the charter system was really designed to to lower costs, to do the same thing at a lower cost. Is what because the results are not there, right? I, I think the results have not proven out for on the whole that that that's the way to go with your local schools. I think it's important to also keep in mind, you know, in the, in the school choice movement, and I just want to say I support public education. I went to public schools. I mean, whether or not my kids go to public schools, if they don't, it won't be because I hate Cleveland Heights. It'll right. be a religious consideration. Sure. Um, if that's where we decide to go, which more than likely. But we are still trustees of the school system. Sure. We still are taxpayers. We still have a say in this. And so I would say, um, you know, I'll leave it at that. Because, look, if, if this district has a history of activism like you're speaking, then that is for the people in this district, me and you included, all are welcome, uh, <laughs> to uh, make a decision, is this where we want to go? But I will tell you, taxation, spending, accountability is a major issue for people. Um, and one of the things that I noticed living in here, to insert partisanship for a moment, and perhaps my own defeat, 80 to 85% of this community will vote for Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden 
or Janine Boyd, and 15% will vote for Dustin Russell or Donald Trump or Mitt Romney or mm -hmm. somebody. But only 50% vote for the levy. So I think that that's saying something. Sure, it is, absolutely. Which is why so those of us, which so is why those of partisan. us, which is why those of us who love this district, we truly love it, because we do. We live and breathe this district. Some of the, those of us that form this this pack live it. Yeah. And those three don't. Well, I they, don't. They live. They live the tax bill, but they don't actually live the kids. So what I would say to what you just said is, I respect what you're saying. I just simply ask that you give them the benefit of the doubt that I'm giving you. I believe you love it, and I believe what, they love what, it. So what okay, am I let's, to, let's just so move am I on from that. Okay, but what am I? So, so then they get to just gaslight us to to tell us that they um, that they that they that, that they're for Tiger Nation, that they're for these schools, when really they're there to just slash things. Mordecai Reynolds said, "We're never going to have another levy ever again." Like that, he doesn't know how the system works. Nobody would say that anywhere. Maybe he should and come so on, on here and explain that. I invited him. Okay. I invited Charles Drake and Mo Lin and Mordecai Renet to come on. They don't want to come on. Well, I'm they here. They don't want to come on and talk about the issues. I'm a Republican and I'm here. I appreciate <laughs> it. I know, but that's why this is. I, I just think this is like. And I can't speak for them. And I'm not. No, here I, to speak I, I would for never them. ask you to speak for them. Um, but uh, you know, and then, um, and I know that to me that I know people think, oh, you got, you can't just be nasty about charters. I'm not just nasty about charters. I know there's great charters doing great things across this country, but their treasurer, again, you don't want it to be partisan, but their treasurer, all three of them, they have one treasurer, is Thomas Babb, who helped I'm, found, I'm, no I'm telling you who he is, he helped found Constellation Charter Schools. They have schools in Parma, Elyria. Is it charter schools that you have a problem no, with or for not. profit? I, either, uh, uh, I want school, uh, if, if a charter school is coming in, and proves that they're doing great things for the kids of that community. I don't. I don't honestly don't even necessarily care if it's for profit, if it's doing great things. But they But what what I think that they want to do, I think what they want to do is, my, and my hunch is because you and you're talking about transparency. They claim transparency, but they are not being fully honest. And they're not going to be fully honest, which is why we're doing what we're doing. Well, and I would hope that based off of what you said and with the people that are listening to your uh, podcast and, and show, that they reach out to them and ask that question because I think. That's that's a question that a candidate is is entitled is required in my well, view to I answer. Mean, I, Mordecai Renner emerged and uh, on a on a chain on next door about uh, Molin's mask protests, where she um, made her feelings known. Says that they're not anti-mask. Full stop. Right underneath where there's an article, which she fully explains exactly what she meant and why she did it. Mm -hmm. and, and 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 again, I, I know you're I know you're saying masks are not present, but like. That was intentional. They were filming it. They went into our library. It wasn't a protest outside. They went into the library. Back to the char uh, the charter school thing. I will just simply add this. One of the things I'm sensitive to when it comes to public education is, and and I guess you could call it private education. Mm -hmm. I, I, that's maybe a little strong. But this school choice movement involves a lot of moving parts, sure. and primarily was driven. You say. One thing I, I would add to it and say, there are a lot of, of our fellow citizens who are stuck in a tough spot through no fault of their own. Sure. And their public school option is not a safe or a good one. And while I don't turn my back on public education, and there's a lot of value to that, diversity, um, you name it. Mm -hmm. Community, it's a community thing, it's a, it's a pride thing, it's mm -hmm. ownership, it's mm -hmm. diversity. Yes, I'm a Republican, and I said diversity. I believe in that. You know, I think everybody does, really. Sure. Um, 
But there are considerations that a lot of folks have in impoverished areas that come from tough backgrounds and tough communities where the public school just isn't right for them. I'm just talking about this district. I know, but I'm saying generally. The kids of this district, the poor kids of this district, even generally the, the speaking, ones that people though, say are the worst, they choose their local neighborhood well, I'm, school. Well, I'm inserting the overall philosophy of it okay. that I think we need to be more aware of. Right. And while it may not completely fit here, um, it's, it's something that we have to be respectful for. When we have our board members go and advocate in Columbus, advocate our point of view, but also understand not too far from here is a pretty tough situation. Absolutely. Um, any, uh, any thoughts on, uh, on the big Senate race next year? Well, who's the candidate? I don't know. I, if, I, if I was going to like put you in a box, uh, you know, which uh, people get mad at me for doing, I would say J.D. Vance guy. Let's see. How do I want to... J.D., how Josh Mandel, right, uh, is the other, um, uh, you know, the sort of the, the, the other guy in the... And then yeah, um, who's the... Um, the, the well, Tim we got Tim a lot Tim of them right? are from right here. Right. Oh, and... Um, Bernie uh, Marino. And, and, and Dolan. Mike Gibbons. Uh, There's a lot, Josh actually. Mandel and Matt Dolan, yeah. four, are from here. Yeah. Timpkin's kind of from here, Canton, yeah. Northeast Ohio. And uh, J.D. Vance is from Cincinnati area. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, look, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in transparency, but I'm just not... I think I know who I'm voting for. I just don't know if I want to say it yet. Okay, that's fair. And someone can email me or email you later on and say, hey, we really care what he has to say. Who's he voting for? I'd be happy to talk to you, but... Um, I will tell you this, I am not necessarily moved by chest pounding and noise, mm -hmm. and I'm not necessarily moved by go along, get along. Mm -hmm. Okay, I could read into that at least, probably cross a couple off hopefully there. <laughs> um, and then uh, as a member of the local um, party leadership, what do people talk about when it comes to Trump in 2024? Are people thinking that he's gonna be in? Yeah, I, I always tell people it's up for grabs. I mean, we don't know. We don't know what the future will hold. Uh, I don't think anyone would have predicted in 2017 that Joe Biden would be president of the United States. I don't think anyone as late as March of 2020 would have predicted it. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think anyone, you know, in politics, what do they say? Uh, you know, three months is a lifetime. I mean, we're three years. Uh, but it will be interesting to see how the Republican Party responds to the issues, the big issues right now going on in the country. And a lot of that, I think we will see play out as the year goes by economically and internationally and how the Democrats uh, govern. I mean, they're in charge, you know, slim margins, but they're in charge. We'll see what happens. Fascinating times. It is. Hopefully, uh, you know, and this, that's the last thing I'll say on the school board stuff was just that my, I've taken a lot of heat over, uh, personal heat over my positions that I've taken as a part of that pack. And what I tell people is, who get mad at me about it, because I've been accused of being a religious bigot over this stuff. Um, and my answer to that is, I'm a voucher bigot for sure. <laughs> and I think it's then uh, people take stuff personally and, I, um, and then I apologize to people, and then they take the apology or they don't take the apology, but they call me things and then they don't actually have any evidence to back it up other than their, their feelings. Well, regardless of uh, what others call you and what we may or may not agree on, mostly probably not, I'm happy to call you a neighbor. Well, thank you, Dustin. But the, the, my hope 
was we were at this point where because vouchers are now going to be funded at the state level that we wouldn't that the temperature would come down well so we were reaching that point where like you should be happy about the way a lot of the way the school board has the current incumbents have acted in the last two years in terms of getting some concessions well i will say this you know uh, the for everyone that's listening to this you know there is a, a huge commitment by uh, the general assembly and, and the governor he signed the thing to fund uh, school funding, that is uh, a plan that Speaker Cup has worked on for many years. It's mm -hmm. bipartisan. There's a guy out of Ashtabula County, John Patterson, who played a big role in this, yep. Democrat. Um, there's a commitment. Now, you know, it's a six-year commitment. You're only as good as you are two years away. Things mm -hmm. could change. But I will just highlight the danger of putting too, much, too many eggs in a state funding basket and not control locally has its consequences. And so that's why we need to make sure what is being done here that we can control through legitimate audits, legitimate accountability measures, legitimate citizen involvement is a robust conversation because this is the money that we know that we'll have. And the state conversation is very important. I've been a part of a lot of those. It frankly is a no win no matter what you do, but I want to see more of a of a of a local focus, and I don't know how this plays out, but in terms of our money, to make sure that w those things that we're funding aren't as dependent on state dollars. Even though we've created a situation where our private schools are dependent now for their survival, they're becoming addicted to state money. Well, see how it plays out. Well, Dustin, I thank you, and uh, you know, hopefully, in a month from now. Things will settle down and everyone can take a breath. You know, that's my hope. Yeah, mine too. This is, this is a great podcast. I enjoyed your work on the Mayor Oral. I always have a hard time Mayor saying that. Oral. Mayor Oral or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, that was great. Very informative and educational. Um, Thank you. And, and um, so it's unfortunate that not all of our school board people would agree to come on, but, you know, um, I don't mind taking some shots here. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, no hey, problem. Thanks, man. It was yeah, a pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah.